Welcome to the Golden Nuggets of Real Estate Investing, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through real estate. We'll be discussing the most important lessons or better known as the Golden Nuggets of Real Estate Investing, entrepreneurship, and personal finance with new and experienced investors to help you get into real estate investing or scale up your portfolio. So make sure to tune in. What's going on, everyone? It's Ross Nadai, host of the Golden Nuggets podcast. Welcome to episode three. Today, I'll be joined by my special guest, Mike Ferreira, who is a real estate investor out of Cambridge, Ontario, investing in Cambridge and Hamilton region. Mike has been investing for six years now and is currently sitting on six properties, along with a flip currently underway. He shares the golden nuggets of duplex conversions in the Hamilton market, the criteria that he uses to buy these properties, and he discusses why he chose Hamilton as his market. We also discuss the importance of having a power team, joint ventureship, and how to build a network. With that being said, if you haven't already, please make sure you rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, leave me a comment, like, and subscribe, and hit that notification bell so that you can stay up to date on the most recent episodes. Please share this podcast across all social media to help as many people as possible. Your sharing means everything. Thank you so much. Please enjoy episode three with Mike Ferreira. Welcome to the Golden Nuggets of Real Estate Investing. This is episode three, and I'm today I'm joined by my special guest, Mike Ferreira. He is an investor uh, focusing into flips and duplex conversions in the Kitchener and Hamilton uh, area. So he's going to join us today and tell us a little bit more about what got him uh, into real estate investing and how it has impacted his life. So without further ado, Mike, please go ahead. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What got you into real estate investing and what are you up to so far? How many properties? So yeah, my name is Mike. I, li- I live in Cambridge. Got into real estate investing in 2014. Got into studying real estate investing around 2010, 2011. About 2016, I bought my first rental property with uh, two friends of mine. And uh, a year later, I JV'd with my mother-in-law and we bought another one. Mm-hmm. And shortly after that, we, my original JV partners, we bought a, another property. So that was my, my first dabble. And I, I kind of managed all those. So I, I gained a lot of experience in that sense. But yeah, that's how I got started. So right now I'm at uh, five, working on my sixth shortly. I uh, have a flip on the go as well. So if you want to count that one in. Okay. Okay. So four years ago, so you started by with your principal residence. And then from there, what got you into thinking, you know what, I need to buy properties where I need to put it on rent or whether it's flips and so forth, right? What changed in there? It was more of my, like looking, looking at my own income and, and, and my wife's income, it was just very hard to save money. You know, it was just very hard. Didn't matter how much overtime I did. And uh, really? as much as we tried to save, there was always things that came up that needed attention and money and, and, it just wasn't a, a quick way to do it. Not, not that real estate investing is, is a get rich quick by any means, but right. um, it's definitely quicker to kind of bank on it, you know, appreciation than it is to try to save that, that same amount of money. So. Right. Right. But what, 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 like, how did you mentality change? Were you introduced into real estate investing because you came across a podcast or you read certain books, like, like what made you realize, you know what, there's another way that I can get into investing and, and, you know, build up equity or use equity. Cause like a lot of folks, like including myself took me years to figure that out. 
Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the internet obviously helps with that. Um, just Google searches, you know, how to make money in real estate investing or real estate investing in, in, in Ontario or, you know, just mm-hmm. regular searches that I would do. And I'd come across certain articles and other investors kind of putting out their content out there. Mm-hmm. Um, podcast was something that came to me later on, um, probably a few years into the uh, real estate investing but um, majority was just online and, you know, Instagram, social media, um, mainly. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Cause for, for a lot of folks, including myself, my getaway drug was rich dad, poor dad. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Once, once I read that, I really got an understanding of what are assets, what are, what are liabilities. And it literally changed my perspective on, on you know, how life works. And I mean, a lot of us, you know, when we start off, we think, you know, you, you need to get a house and like that in an essence is a liability. It's not really an asset, right? When you really think about right. it. Right. That's right. Not yeah. Income producing. Right. Um, so that's what I was trying to get into because I, I know for me, that's, that was a big changer. And of course, you know, YouTube and reading articles and at the end of the day, there, you have many options of investing, right? There's stock options and there's real estate. So why was it real estate for you and not stocks or other, other investment opportunities? Uh, just real estate made sense to me as a whole, as an investment. Stocks were something that never really, I could never really wrap my mind around um, or understand. And, um, you know, growing up and seeing uh, my parents, their primary residence grow in value year after year, I just, I figured that that would be a way to create wealth uh, for myself and for my family as, you know, working, working a job. And trying to save money was just a little difficult with a growing family and, you know, buying a new, uh, you know, moving to a new house, a new city. It was just very difficult to save. So I had to find a vehicle to uh, a financial vehicle that I could, you know, support myself and my family later on and and create wealth and build wealth that way. That's awesome. Um, And then so going back to what you said, you started with single family. Are you still doing single family, but now just doing the conversions? And if so, what are the market areas that you focus on? And if you can give us a little bit of high level overview of what that entails. So for the duplex conversions, I'm working in Hamilton. Um, It's just a city that's easy to work with in terms of, uh, you know, their city planners and city officials. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're very welcoming to uh, duplex conversions. But uh, yeah, we're just taking a single family home, usually a bungalow, and converting it into a duplex with two legal uh, units. Perfect. And what are some of the things that you look look out for? So you mentioned you look for bungalows. I guess what that's one of your criteria. What right. are the other criteria you look for before you decide, you know what, this is the property that's, that's suitable for a conversion? Right. So I'm not an expert in this field by any means. I just work, I work with people that, that, that know, like my realtor is very uh, well-versed in uh, what to look for for a duplex conversion, but uh, the main the main thing would be the zoning. The zoning of the property has to be a proper zoning so that it allows you to do it. Another thing would be a separate entrance is usually what we look for, just because it's so costly to to do that later on. Uh, ceiling height is another one, mm-hmm. and ability ability or the means to do parking for that duplex. Um, there's a requirements for parking as well that we have to follow. So we, we want to make sure that that property fits the, that criteria before we make an offer in, on the property. Perfect. So for folks that are not too familiar with, with the with zoning bylaws and, and restrictions, I guess, what is what are the zoning 
uh, criteria that you look, you look out for? If you, if, if you can give us an overview of that, that'd be great. So I'm, I'm not even sure of the actual zoning code, but um, yeah, so the, the zonings will just stipulate, is it residential, multi-residential, is it commercial, is it industrial? What can you do with that piece right. of land or property? Yeah, so for folks that are not familiar, you will see, come across properties. You will see, uh, you know, R1, which means right. residential. You will see R2, R3, R4. So basically, for multis or for even in this case, for a conversion, in order for you to satisfy the requirements by uh, the bylaws and zoning on, of the city, in this case, it needs to be minimum R2, meaning you can have two multifamily units in there. Otherwise, you're going to have to go through the, a lot of processes with the cities uh, to, to to make the change from, say, yeah, an to, R1 to an R2, R3, whatever it may be. Yeah, to do the rezoning could be very costly and very timely. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So the best thing to do is look out for the ones that already have that in place, and then you move in so you save a lot of uh, you know headaches and processes on the way there. Exactly. Uh, and then, Mike, so you mentioned a, a very important thing. So a lot of these conversions are basically basement conversions that you're converting to another unit. So what Correct. is the minimum ceiling height that you look, that you look out for? Uh, so Hamilton, I think it's uh, six one or six two finished. Okay. Um, so we look, we we definitely look for that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's with the ceiling already in place. So ideally, when you go there and it's completely gutted, it needs to be a little higher than that. I imagine probably about seven, probably or at least six five. <laughs> To give you a little bit yeah, of yeah, yeah, I I'm not even 100 percent sure on the six one six two finished, but I, okay. I think it's around there. Yeah. Okay. So all right, no problem. Um, yeah. So parking was another one you mentioned, and uh, so have you ever done conversions where where you have say essentially a duplex and you convert to a triplex yet, or is it mainly no. just bungalows? No, just bungalows. So single family to duplex. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Perfect. And we'll you know definitely wanted to speak to you about one of the the, the projects that you've uh, done. So you mentioned you have currently. A couple on the way right now that you're doing the conversions for? So I finished, I just finished one in August okay. and uh, we're closing on one at the end of January. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, this will be a perfect uh, segue into looking into some real numbers. So it, sure. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Let's take a look at the, you know, the one that you said you completed. So sure. um, how much did you purchase that for? 470. Okay. So we purchased that for 470 and is it, uh, how many bedrooms is it? So it was a two bedroom upstairs mm -hmm. and uh, we did another two bedroom in the basement. Perfect. So then in, in terms of monthly rent, what, what are you expecting? What are you getting so for right now? Gross rents is 3340 a month. 3340. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. And uh, are you including vacancy rate uh, in there as well? What is your vacancy rate? Uh, no, I don't include that. I, I, I always leave, uh, I leave the entire cash flow in the property. I, I never okay. take it out. So I don't really, yeah, I don't, I, I don't put that into my numbers. Okay. Let's just, let's just hypothetically say 5%, just sure. as a yeah. minimum, right? Just to give yourself an extra wiggle room. Right. What, is, what are the property taxes look like for this property? 275 a month. So I think that's about 32 a year, 3,200 a year. 3,200 a year. Now, are these rents all inclusive? Are you paying, are they paying for utilities? No, they tenants pay for the utilities. We separated hydro and water. Perfect. So then it, uh, that leaves you with insurance. How much are you paying for insurance? For that? Insurance, I'm paying about uh, 140. 16 idiom a year, which is typical. Um, and then maintenance. Are you what you including maintenance? Like, is it property managed? Or are you calculating for capex and so forth? No, I'm not. Just because um, one reason is everything's new. So like all the electrical, all the plumbing's all new. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of, 
it's hands off. And I have, I, you know, with my job, I do, I do have quite a bit of time to myself. So nice. I'm able to run down there if, you know, if need be. So no, right now at this point, I'm, I'm managing everything myself. Okay, perfect. All right. And then I usually just put in a, you know, a bit of a miscellaneous cost, let's say 500, uh, you know, as well. So you purchase it for 70, you put that uh, 20% down. Correct. Uh, what is, how much are you paying for mortgage? What did you rate? Are you on variable or fixed? So, right. So we just refinanced. Um, okay. But if we want to use the original numbers, yeah, that's fine. So the mortgage was um, 1620 a month. 1620 a month. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So based on that, it looks like you were cash flowing over a little bit over a thousand a month. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Before the refinance. Yeah. Before the refi. Okay. So once you refi, because you're putting that back on the mortgage, what what are your cash flow? Uh, what does your cash flow look like right now? So my cash flow right now, including, so I have I have a total of about sixty five thousand left in the deal that was used from my home equity line of credit. Mm-hmm. So including the interest payment on that, I'm still cash flowing uh, roughly about five hundred and fifty bucks a month after the refi. Beautiful. So you purchased for four seventy. What was the the after repair value, by the way? So we got it appraised at six seventy. 670. Beautiful. Yeah. And then how much was your, your rental costs? Uh, so full reno and carrying costs um, was about 135. That's fantastic. Yeah. So that's a very good return, right? So on an annual, what are you, what are you uh, projecting? Like? Um, so I ran some numbers and it's around 50. About 50%. It's around 50% ROI. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I like them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. So do you have like somebody who you hire that takes care of all that for you, getting permits, getting inspections and all that done for you? Or is that something you handle yourself? So my realtor, and I'll, I'll do a plug for her, uh, Ta- uh, Tammy DiTomaso. She's also known as a duplex queen. She's She works heavily in Hamilton and Welland. Um, okay. She's very well versed in, in the requirements by the city. Um, so she knows, she knows what to look for from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Also, my my contractor is um, Ken Beacondam um, with Legal Second Suites. He that's his bread and butter. Perfect. Yeah. So basically, what we're trying to get at is you have a power team, that's, and that's the key. exactly, exactly, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. The power team for those that don't know is basically as as a you know people that specialize in certain areas. So that includes your accountant, your your lawyer. Your contractor, your inspectors, your mortgage agents, filter, uh, wholesalers. Yeah. It's it's just a mix and blend of different <clears throat> things because we can't be experts at every single thing, and it's impossible no. for us to learn it all. Anything that you don't know, there's an <coughs> expert out there that can do it for you and and, and take care of it. Um, so yeah, good on you for for making that happen. Uh, so Hamilton is primarily what you're focused on right now. Or are you still investing in Kitchener? No, so I haven't I haven't looked act. I'm not actively looking in Kitchener or Cambridge right now. Um, mm-hmm. I have a JV that, or a possible JV that will want to do something in Kitchener, but my contractor still does work. He'll he'll still do work in Kitchener and stuff as well. But uh, for myself, Hamilton, um, just because I know where the ARVs are, the rental costs, and uh, and I know that the city is really friendly when it comes to to the duplex conversions. Right? Awesome, awesome. So, what what are your plans? Where do you see yourself in the the next five years? Oh wow. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I was th- I was actually thinking about that today. Like, what what is the new year going to look like? And uh, I think I'm going to work more on personal development. Um, 
maybe hire on a coach. I can't really purchase anything more under my own, under myself. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, some JVs, um, that would be nice. Uh, but in the f- in five years, yeah, that's that's tough to say. Maybe some private lending, do some of that as well. Um, maybe di- diversify a bit more. I-, I would love to leave my job within the next cu- few years, at least. That- that's one of my goals, um, and kind of do things uh, on my own and, and kind of live my life on on my terms. Um, that's something I would really like to do, um, just because I enjoy real estate so much and. I know what value it can really bring if you kind of dive in with both feet. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, that's tough to say for five years. Cause I, I'm, I'm not a person to, I kind of, I set a lot of short-term goals and kind of just try to kill those off yeah, and, yeah. Um, and see where it goes. But no, and it's that- tough to say now, like, you know, look what happened this year, you know, not, not that I'm complaining that it was a bad year from, for myself, but um, yeah, the, you know, curveballs get thrown at you all the time, right? So, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, goals are never set on stone. Uh, they're obviously always modified and right. according to, you know, what opportunities pre- present themselves. So you can right. have one year, uh, for instance, uh, you could be just flipping like 100 units and one year where you just, you know what, I don't want to do anything, right? So That's right. sounds like you're also starting to get into the, to the flip model. Can you talk a little bit more about that? So f- for the flipping, yeah, that was just something that um, I... I we recently just closed on one at the end of, sorry, mid, mid December. Uh, I partnered up with somebody that has been doing flips for the last little bit, um, just to kind of shadow them and, um, see how they do it and, and try it out. And so we're, we're both partners. We're both 50, 50% owners. And, um, it was kind of a win-win situation because he wants to, he wants to scale a bit more and I want to learn. So, um, it was a good opportunity and I took it and I'm hoping to, to do more to kind of replace my, uh, to replace my income. Awesome. Yeah. And you touched on something uh, very important here. So as investors, you know, when, when you invest in properties, it's, it's more essentially a little bit long-term uh, when you're doing these, you know, these burrs and whatnot. That's right. uh, what I think, like you mentioned earlier, is this, what happens is we kind of run out of money. <laughs> Let's be real, right? Because exactly. Any property you purchase as an investment property, you have to put down minimum 20%. And then you have your rental costs, your closing costs. So it adds up pretty quick. And before you know it, you may not have the necessary cash in order to proceed these avenues. So That's right. one, of, one of the things that I see in a, in a lot of uh, investors, and I'm even going to be working on this, is it's working on active income. Yes, we have our you know day jobs and whatnot. It does provide, but it doesn't get us to where we want to be. So in order for you to scale up, it definitely is important to increase your active income as well as your passive. Passive is something you're looking at down the line. Active income will allow you to progress and scale up if you're trying to, uh, you know, doing it on your own. But again, JVs are another fantastic opportunity where you can have a money partner come in and then you could be the, the uh, active investor. So in your scenarios, are you the money partner or the active or you have a mixture of both? So my first three, my first three investments were with joint venture partners, but we were all equal money partners. It was, you know, everything was kind of down the middle, but going forward, it it will be just, you know, me being the active partner and and finding the, 
the, the the capital partner, so to say, so to speak. Perfect. Are you just what are you looking for in in marketing? Are you looking to expand in other regions as well, or are you happy so far with Hamilton? Because I know Hamilton prices have gone up quite a bit over the years. They have, they have. But the I mean, with Hamilton, the the ARVs are still there, and um, I also look at you know comparables, you know sold duplex comparables in in, in certain cities. So like. You know, Cambridge, you're like, I'll take Cambridge for an example. Cambridge, you're allowed to duplex now, but there isn't enough comparables of sold duplexes to kind of know where your ARV is sitting at. So in Hamilton, there's always duplexes being sold and, and they keep going up in price. So I think it's still good as long as those ARVs stay up. Mm-hmm. And even though you're you're paying a little bit more on the purchase end, but if the ARVs are, are staying high, it, it still makes sense as the Burr model. Absolutely. Have you have you purchased anything off market, or a majority of your stuff been on the market? Everything's everything's been on market. Yeah, everything's been on market. Okay, okay. So yeah, as you can see, there is definitely some deals out there. You just have to look hard and find them, right? And you have to have the right uh, connections, especially with realtors and and uh, the right team. It definitely helps, and you know, having a realtor that reacts and knows what to look for, and and you know, developing relationships, and um, you know having people come to you and say, Hey, I saw this come up, you know, check this out. Or I went to go see this and it might be something you like, or yeah, definitely relationships help 100%. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, your network is your net worth, right? And that's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. That's right. So. Yeah. It takes, it does. And you know, for, for anybody that's up and coming in, in real estate investing, it takes time. Don't, you know, I always thought that I had to get that real quick, but it relationships take time to, 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 to build right and people need to trust you and you need to trust them so yeah so so speaking of which you know how will you be able to manage and build your network were you heavily involved in you know going to meetups or how did you build your team and growing your network yeah meetups were the big the big thing for me um i was trying to go to as many as possible like i think uh i got the meetup app and just searched, you know, for anywhere from Brampton, Mississauga, Kitchener, Cambridge, wherever there was something going on, I was, you know, trying to get in there. Um, but yeah, that, that helped a lot. Uh, networking was always a tough thing for me as a, I guess you can call me introverted, but, um, (laughs) yeah, it was tough, but it was, it was a hurdle I had to get over. Right. And, and made, and, and it made such a, such a difference. And now it's like, now with the pandemic, it's, I can't wait for those things to start up again, right? Absolutely. When you get when you get into a room full of people that are like minded and and concentrating on the same things you are, uh, it makes a world of a difference. For yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, uh, one of the things that you know a lot of folks do to struggle with uh, is just putting yourself out there, right? Where especially when you're new, you feel like you don't have much to contribute. So you you think to yourself, you know what? What can I give them in return for them to give me the advice? Right. From my, from my experience, I mean, that was just one of the hurdles that I struggled with starting out. But then sooner or later, you realize that, you know what, the investment community is actually so welcoming. It, so welcoming. It, so yeah. welcoming. Like there is, I find that individuals are willing to help, willing to answer your questions. Sure. Some of them have, you know, some courses and so forth that you can take, but then no one's pressuring you to sign up for those. You know, it's totally no, there's, you. there's so much free information. There's so much free information. Um, but take in mind that when you get to a certain level and you want to kind of accelerate things, sometimes, you know, going with a coach or paying somebody for, even if it's just one session, 
um, it, it could be very eye-opening and it seems expensive at first, but uh, people need to understand that that expertise is, is worth every, every penny. Sure. Absolutely. You have to invest in yourself, right? That's Absolutely. What, that, that's Absolutely. the thing. Yeah. You have to constantly grow, invest in yourself. So whether it means taking some seminars or hiring a personal coach, whatever it may be, if your goal right. is to scale up, you, you need that extra help. You shouldn't be afraid to invest in yourself. Right. And, and, and with social media now, like you can reach out to any well-known real estate investor in Ontario and, and shoot them a question. And I guarantee 99.9% of the time they'll reply to you with, with an answer. It's, there's no doubt about that. Um, that. That's a great way. Also, also the meetups kind of gives you like this boost in motivation every time you go and, and you see, you know, you talk to people that um, quote unquote, just do it, maybe doing less than what you're doing. And then you talk to people who are doing more and, and it's, it's a way to give back too, right? Cause you're getting so much value and so much free information that, you know, when you go to these things, you're, you're, you feel inclined to pass it on. So when you have those, those newer investors coming through, you're, you're, you're able to, to pass on that knowledge and that information to them. It's, it's rewarding. It's, it's rewarding, rewarding on both ends, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right, Mike. So one of the other things I like to focus on is, is we always talk about success, but we never really focus on failure. So tell us a little bit about, you know, maybe a story about some of the failures you, you experienced throughout the process. Um, yeah, tough, tough to say, not nothing drastic, but, um, I would have to say like not taking action sooner, um, and surrounding yourself with, with, with people that, uh, are doing what you want to do. And, you know, like, for example, um, a couple years ago, I was up, you know, at a cottage in Kincardine and, and saw a small bungalow right across the lake. And, uh, you know, it was like $420,000. And uh, till this day, I kind of kick myself for not taking action on that. And I think if I had the right people around me, you know, like the right mortgage broker or the right realtor and, and you know, or just somebody cheering me on saying, yeah, it's a good deal, do it. I probably would have taken action then. And and looking back, it was, uh, I mean, I wish I had that property today because it, it was <laughs> probably worth quite a bit of money now. Um, and I would have enjoyed it as well with my family. So yeah, that, I mean, as far as failures go, it's not a huge failure, but it, it you know, in hindsight, kind of kick yourself for it. Yeah. So absolutely. take, yeah, take action, surround yourself with people that, that, that want to help you and, and, and are doing what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, the hardest thing is taking action, right? Like you, you can sit there you can read books, you can listen to podcasts, you can watch YouTube videos. I I've seen this firsthand with folks and, and, and uh, including myself, like you have this whole knowledge here, but then you don't know what to do with it. Right. So unless you take action, you fall in your face, then you know, Oh, you know what? I need to get up. Right. That's what happens. That's what, that's what people need to do. So don't be, uh, you need to take calculated risks. I would, right. that'd be my recommendation. Don't just go into it blindly just because no, no. don't buy real estate just for, for buying for the sake of buying real estate, right? That That's has right. to be criteria needs to be well thought out and then take action. Don't be afraid to take action. I think that's right. just, or just run it or run it by somebody who is a real estate investor and just kind of, you know, you know, pick their brain about it or something like that. And, and just, you know, like your heart always wants to tell you what to do. And then your mind always wants to reason and try to talk you out of it because there's some type of risk. So, and I think that's ingrained that in us as humans. So um, yeah, listen, listen to your heart more than you do your mind sometimes and, and, and figure out how, how to get it done.
instead, totally. of, instead of just shutting down the idea because you think you can't get it done. So yeah, this this uh, has been fantastic, Mike. I really appreciate you, you know, coming on board. I'm gonna now go into the, my next step here, where I I kind of want to know more more about you personally. What are some of your interests and your hobbies? So uh, the the first thing I wanted to ask is, I mean, uh, what is your favorite place to travel? I love beaches. So anywhere where there's you know nice sandy beaches and salt water, I'm I'm good. I'm not that picky, but. Uh, <laughs> I like, you know, I like snorkeling, um, scuba diving, something I'd like to take up sometime. Um, but yeah, salt water and beach for sure. And a cold but drink. If you had to pick one, what would it be out of all the destinations you've been or one that you perhaps have not gone yet? What would you like? To uh, one that I really enjoy and it's nothing crazy is Jamaica. Like I, I just, I love the people. I love the culture. I love the food. Uh, like I like the beaches. They're, they're, they're wonderful. So, I mean, uh, I haven't traveled anywhere fancy, you know, or anywhere expensive for that matter, but Jamaica really, really hits home with me. So I'll, I'll, I'll pick Jamaica for now. <laughs> Perfect. And then in terms of sports, I'm sure you're, you're into sports. What's your favorite sport and what's your favorite team? Um, so I, I, I really like soccer. I always liked soccer and I didn't start really playing it. I played with, you know, in high school with friends and stuff like that, but uh, started taking up soccer as uh, as a recreational sport a few years ago, um, indoor, indoor leagues, outdoor leagues. Um, uh, play tennis quite a bit. Tennis is something I really enjoy as well, but it's always hard to find somebody that plays tennis. Uh, but yeah, usually soccer and tennis. So for a soccer team, I'm a big Juventus fan. I'm, I'm a Ronaldo fan as well. So he plays, he plays for Juventus, but uh, you know, I like watching uh, English premier league. That's, you know, great soccer to watch. For sure. Yeah. And then if I had to ask you, you know, uh, if there was three books that you couldn't recommend to somebody and not include rich dad, poor dad, what would they be? What are some three books you can recommend? Oh, wow. Think and grow rich for sure. One, one book that I have is, it might not be for somebody up and coming, but somebody that wants to manage their own properties would be Quentin D'Souza's uh, The Property Management Toolbox. That was a, a really good book. Very simple, easy to read. I was going to say Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like for sure. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, let's throw Rich Dad, Poor Dad in there. All right. We'll include as a must As a must read, yeah. All right. And then last question. I mean, is, what is your why? Like, why are you investing in this and, and, and what makes you want to keep going this path? Um, and I, it's probably the same with all investors is, you know, freedom, freedom from, you know, f for time, you know, you want to, you want to create more time with your family, your friends, your loved ones. Um, and it's, uh, it's real estate's a way to do it, I think. So yeah, definitely spend more time. And I, you know, uh, one thing that I've been thinking about lately too is how to help others eventually. Um, I, I think it's important once once you start building some wealth that you start to help others as well. So definitely, yeah. yeah whatever yeah. you have to give back to the community, and you get that in ten tenfold. Honestly, I, I've seen that happen, and I believe right. it in the same way. I think the same right. way as well. Mm -hmm. It's 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 a little like it, it's tough for me, um, not financially, but I, you know you, you're starting to learn like okay. This is what I can do. These are the things I can do or, you know, so I, I plan to do more of that for sure in terms of uh, helping others. Awesome. Uh, and then if there's one piece of advice you can give somebody starting out, what would that be? Oh, wow. There's so much, man. 
<laughs> just one go. I know that's a lot. <laughs> um, surround yourself with people that are doing what you what you want to do, and uh, you know, pick up some books, read some books, um, listen to the podcasts, listen to Ross, <laughs> listen to Ross's <laughs> podcast. You know, like um, there's so much information out there. Just go and and you know, absorb that information, but also uh, surround yourself with action takers. You know. And that will help you to to make your first move or your su- any subsequent moves that you're you're thinking of, uh, of making. Awesome, yeah. Thank you so much for for you know taking this time to uh, join us today, Mike. Really appreciate it. For folks that want to connect with you, where where can they find you? So you can uh, the best way would be Instagram. I'm I'm on Instagram quite a bit at Mike Ferreira eighty two. So that's M I K E F E R R E I R A eighty two. And uh, yeah, anytime anybody wants to shoot a message. Um, feel free excellent yeah i'll definitely have all your handles in my show notes so for those that want to connect feel free to connect with mike he's a great person yeah follow his journey he is he's he's doing some uh, you know big things going on and i know we're just about to start 2021 so i can't wait to reconnect and uh, go over what are some of the projects that you'll be doing then (laughs) yeah for sure and you know what i i i want to thank you very much for for this opportunity um I never thought I'd end off 2020 because it's the last day of 2020 today and yep. I, I'm doing my first podcast. So it's pretty, pretty cool, man. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, no, thank you so much for coming on and a happy new year, Mike. And uh, you as well, all the best to everybody. 2021. <laughs> awesome. Thanks Ross. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you were able to get some great golden nuggets out of it. The kindest thing you could do is share this podcast across all social media to help as many people as possible. If you like this podcast or have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or YouTube. I'll post the links in the show notes for those accounts so you can find me. I love bouncing ideas off people and I love talking real estate, so definitely feel free to reach out. Thanks and I'll see you in the next episode. Until next time, let's get it. Thank you.